This is Nate Beals from Comedy's Nuts issuing a belligerence warning for the following episode. If belligerence offends you in any way, do not listen. You have been warned. Welcome to our podcast. This is Comedy's Nuts, and I'm Nate Beals. Here's John Nickel. What's up? And we're talking about comedy. John yes. Nickel, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good tonight. Right on, right on, right on. I'm feeling my funny bone being uh, extracted from my body by having to hang out with you too long. Uh, but other than that... I'm doing really good. You know what's weird is like you're the third person this week to tell me that. Huh. It's like it just feels like a bone of your body is being just extracted, being removed because by hanging out with yeah. me. Yeah, and not like in the way like comedy, like not funny bone in that way. No, no, no. Like my I whole arm, my whole yeah, left arm. Yeah, yeah, is yeah, numb. yeah. They usually don't say the funny bone. They just say just a bone is being extracted from my body. You know. It's usually never having to do with it's like comedy at all. Muscle separation, mostly just ripping yeah. tendon yeah. feeling that you get mm-hmm. whenever you hang out with Nate Beals. Mostly about pain, <laughs> just like the pain that it has to be to hang out with me. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about comedy today, yes. specifically stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, stand-up comedy is a thing. Yes, yes, a very it's, specific. It's something that w- uh, some comics do on stage yep. where they're standing up in front of an audience. Yes, oddly enough, and oddly they're just like kind of talking. It's like one guy standing. Uh huh. He's talking to a group of people. Now you got to remember, I don't know anything about comedy. Sometimes it's up on a stage. Sometimes it's on the stage. Sometimes, sometimes it's on like the same level as the audience. Yeah, it's just the ground exactly. at that point. But you're still standing. You're still Cause, standing because it's the thing. And now every stand-up comedy also gets every stand-up comic it's, also gets a stool. It's a stool. Yes, but, but it's, it's only for sitting. water. Yes, you the set st- your water on. You it. set your water on the stool. If you, you sit down, everybody boos you off stage immediately. That's true. I've seen that happen because you go from being a stand-up comic to a sit-down comic. Yeah, and sit-down <laughs> comedy is not a fucking thing. It's not a thing. Yeah, there's no famous sit-down comics. I've never even heard of it. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the people from Mike and Molly. I've I've seen someone. <laughs> Whoa. That is that is that's, offensive. That's, that is edgy. That, that is, is edgy. That's edgy, the kind of right? that's the kind of edginess that you're gonna hear from our from <laughs> our from our comedy show. Stuff yeah. that you may not agree with. So guess what? You're gonna get it. You're gonna get it, and it's gonna ruffle your feathers a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> it's gonna make you feel a little uncomfortable for a second. But then you're gonna be like, "Oh, I kind of like it. I kind of like." Actually, it. there's a there's a good stand-up comic that uh, I, I believe is by Dimitri Martin. Uh, I love like, him. Where he's like, where he's like, <clears throat> well, you know, the thing about like comedy is like, uh, I'm gonna say a lot of these things tonight that are gonna make you feel like really bad. You know what? Now that I think about it, it's definitely not Dimitri. Uh, yeah, it's definitely not him. But um, um, okay, all right. I can't, I can't remember who it is, but he's like, he's talking about like that see. gut, that gut reaction that you get from comedy, and he's like, and he's like, you know, when you see somebody like fall down, and you're like, and you're like, 
you know, and like deep down in your gut, though, you're like, you're like, that's not funny because uh-huh. like that's like somebody getting hurt, right? right but up right. here in your head, you're like, that's perfect. Funny. You're like, that's perfect. Yeah, it and feels I'm funny. It. He's it like, so if funny. I say anything that offends you or makes you feel bad tonight, uh-huh. that means you're thinking too much with your gut, uh-huh. and up here, uh-huh. you're fucking stupid. <laughs> So it's, I think I think the good thing about comedy <laughs> overall, though, is that it gives you the ability to say like real like shit that like is actually really fucked up. <laughs> We've talked about this a couple times. Like great comedy is shit that's really fucked up. It's the shit that's the problem with our society. Sure, it's all of the sure. things that make us mad about the world. Yes, yes, and yes, all the yes, things yes. that we're like afraid to say in normal uh-huh. life, maybe. Yeah, and the things like all this stuff, and we're able to take it. And like funnel it, channel mm-hmm, it through mm-hmm. like this uh, medium that some makes, kind of like exactly where we a can comedic all, filter almost where, where we can all like, like get together of... as a group and just go like ha, yeah the world sucks like that exactly you know what I mean? exactly like we all agree at the same time like ha, yeah that's fucked up and like but up here we yeah. know up here we know that this shit is fucked up uh-huh. like in our brains uh-huh. we know this uh-huh. shit's fucked up but like. We have like these, also these very human feelings yeah, about things. Yeah, we, yeah, we've yeah, been like yeah. so guided by our society and all this other stuff. And sometimes with comedy, it's good to just like let that go and just be like, yeah, we can just laugh at things. Like, exactly. Instead of feeling like all up in arms, feeling angry about exactly. it, feeling offended about it, feeling this and that about it. Like it's it, like it's in that realm of absurd, absurdism. Yeah. Where it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. absurd what the comic's doing. He's a comedian. Yeah. He's making a joke. We can sure. all laugh at it, sure, and sure, it's sure, funny, sure. you know. So. Sure, I have a strong opinion about comedy and how that it's almost <laughs> divine. I, no, seriously, yeah. you're laughing. Stop laughing. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. I believe that comedy is divine. They say comedy is the best medicine. Mm. Laughter is the best medicine. Why? Because it actually physically alters your body. You know. You know who actually. So, you know who actually was a strong believer in that. What. Um, Apple CEO uh, Steve Jobs was a strong believer in laughter is the best comedy, and look what the fuck happened to him. Laughter is the best medicine. Medicine. That's what I meant. <laughs> laughter look what is the, the fuck best. happened to him. He was shot, I believe, right? He, he was had pancreatic sac- cancer. Oh, which is even worse. Yes, he died say. a really horrible, slow death. Whoa, 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 whoa. And he, all he did was laugh. They all said he, he want, did they was like, laugh. you want chemo? And he was like, no, no, I'm just going to laugh it off. off. I'm going to laugh it off. Don't worry about me. I I got this cancer in the bag. But you know what? Some people believe that St- Steve Jobs is still alive. So that's kind of a touchy subject. It's something I would call a spicy meatball. And I wouldn't <laughs> touch that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> <laughs> just... All the conspiracy theorists coming out of the woodworks, like, like, oh no, fuck comedy, he's nuts. <laughs> Steve Jobs is still alive. If you have any opinions on Steve Jobs or anything we've said so far, contact us at at Comedy's Nuts. Uh, you can tweet us there. Just, yeah, just tell us, just tell us what you think about what we've been talking about. Yes. Um, but most importantly, is what I think. Is that comedy is not only the best medicine, but it transcends time and space. Okay. I believe it's sent divinely from an outer worldly uh, place. Uh uh-huh. I really, I really believe that comedy is in contact with the divine realm. And I, let me tell you, and I can, it connects with what you said. Uh-huh. When you say something fucked up, 
and it's funny, that's a part of comedy that lets us get in contact with reality. We really acknowledge that what you're saying is fucked up and true, but because it's true and fucked up, and the fact that you're saying it, that's funny. Because a lot of us normally like tr- kind of like avoid fucked up things in our everyday life. Yeah, we kind of don't talk about messed up things. Yeah, we try not to, especially because we did not. It's especially a, now in this modern age because anytime you say anything, there's always somebody's got a, a, like, it's a, a, a fucking opinion about it's it. It's a political correctness sort of about something. a thing, yeah, exactly. and people are very, very offended exactly, by like exactly. many of the things that you say. Like, like, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a heavy dude, so, like, me making the joke about Mike and Molly was not, like, that out there. But I guarantee if I was sitting somewhere, even being, like, a chubby dude like I am, and I would have said that. People would have been, been outraged. Been like, they would have been outraged. <laughs> outraged. <laughs> I'm sitting there stuffing my face with a pizza. Yeah, we're real lazy. <laughs> People would have been like, no, you fucking, fuck you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But comedy is like a safe zone. It yeah. allows you to address these things. But true, true. And true. it allows everyone to like connect with these true ideas and kind of laugh at them. Yeah. Even yeah. though they're kind of like, you know, tainted or perverted in some way, yeah. you can kind of laugh at them. And I think that's kind of like part of the human condition. Agreed. Is correcting correcting these like negative ideas that like, we've associated. I feel with like bringing that back all around like stand-up comedy is like the purest form that we see that in. Oh yeah, because you see, like you oh, watch yeah. a lot of like TV and stuff, like the networks, sure. and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. They have We've talked these, about this before. Yeah, yeah. they have all these uh-huh. like things that they're that they're trying to their agendas that they're trying to do. Sure, they're listening to people. Their viewership is based on it. Stand-up comedians, they get up there and they do it as a release for themselves yeah. to like say these things. So. They're like they're much less hindered yeah. by the view of of everybody. And yeah, they're way they're way they have way more of an ability to like say what they want to say. Sure. And even maybe it's not what they believe. Maybe sometimes it's satirical. Sometimes it's over the top. Yeah, but like they're able to do it just for the value, the sort of the, almost the shock. Yeah. Of the comedy, which I think is really an awesome part of stand-up comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. One, of my, one of the favorite things that I love about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let's get into it. Stand-up comedy. The main point about stand-up comedy in uh, in comparison to like any other form of comedy. You see comedy in movies and TV. We just know that there's a team of comedic writers behind every single joke. Yeah. We know that there are... Uh, polished. Two, yeah, it's been polished and repolished, and and turned. They basically took a a piece of like of agate and turned it into a beautiful gemstone. Yeah, sure. Before it ever reached you. Yeah, exactly. It's gone through many transformations before we see it on the screen. However, stand-up comedy is very much loose. Yeah, it's a it's, lot rawer. It's more raw, definitely yeah. more raw. Which I'm and not saying more... that the stand-up comedians don't put a lot of work into their jokes because they do. No, 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 they, no. They tumble no. them around. They, not, they, even, yeah, even what I'm we just... were talking about earlier uh-huh. about like our new sets and everything with sure. our new comedy sets, it's like it's like, oh, let me hear your new set. It's like, well, I got new two minutes. It's like, give me a month. I still have yeah. to fuck with it for like yeah, a month yeah, before yeah. you're even ready to hear. It, exactly, you know? two minutes. You know, you you spend a month working out of two minutes exactly. of a segment, you know? But it's also very personal. It takes that long because it's one person's mind mm-hmm. behind the entire joke, behind yeah. the entire comedic 
format yeah. of stand-up comedy. And also there's, like, a lot of improv that goes into it, feeling your crowd yeah, out yeah, 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 and yeah. stuff like that. Like, a lot of uh, Yeah, yeah, tell us about a little bit about your stand-up, if you want. Uh, if you want, tell us what goes into a comic, like, joke. Like, what do you... What, what goes? What fuels a stand-up performance? What do you put into this? Well, uh, like a set. I would say. I would say like basically, uh, basically a stand-up comedy routine for me starts like when I'm just fucking around with people, just mm-hmm. like when I'm just hanging out with my buddies and we're drinking, we're saying sure. shit that we can only say around yeah. each other, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, like stuff, you know, just shit that you would never really just say in public. Yeah, and you're just fucking around with people, and then all of a sudden you say something and. Everybody just fucking busts up. And it's just that, yeah. that thing that everybody that you say that everybody's just like, oh my god, yeah. that was it. Yeah. And then you go, okay, I gotta write that down. Bam, 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 bam. And you write Boom. that down, you know? Exactly. Like, exactly. And, and you write that down, and then you you find that, like, your Here. comedy has, like, a, like, a, almost like a, like a form to it. And uh-huh. you. What do you, you mean say, by you, that? Say, you say a lot of things that are similar, like, during a certain week. You'll say oh. a lot of things that are on the same topic. Mm-hmm. I feel just because it's maybe what's popular then, or what's well, just yeah, on your yeah, mind, yeah. That or... depends on like your group of friends, and if they laughed at that one joke earlier this week, if you go along with that theme, they'll laugh again some more. Exactly. So I feel like that's kind of you. You build a bunch of like random jokes. Sure, that sure, it, sure. When sure. you look at them later, you go, "Oh, here's the common thread." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's how you kind of build a set. Yeah, is by taking those that makes jokes sense. to the common thread and putting them together into Absolutely. one solid joke. Absolutely. But sometimes, I gotta say this, sometimes I try this, uh, and I, like, something that has worked for me in the past doesn't work on stage. Just because, just because I try to recreate exactly word for word something that I said. I was yeah. like, okay, I'll set it up exactly the way it is, and blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, it, <laughs> exactly, you know, the like, crickets, the crickets. Yeah. And it's like, that's where the joke, you had to be there is kind of rooted is because what happens once doesn't necessarily happen again. It's you true, know? but I feel like I feel like that's the main thing that you have to get over mm. and like work through with your jokes because like I feel like just I feel like com- stand up mm. comedy is very much like poetry. Mm. And like where kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, what I was what I was gonna oh, sorry. what I was going there with is uh, what I was gonna say is that even though it happened once Word for word, if you try to regenerate it again, it might not happen again. So sometimes it's better just like write down what was that joke about, what was that moment about, yeah. and then bring it up to your audience and kind of improv the rest of the joke based on your audience's reaction. Like the bullet points, the strong bullet points. Right, exactly. So if you kind of like present the idea of the entire laugh. Uh, that was generated in your close group of friends. Yeah, if you bring up that idea and then judge your audience based on how they react to that, yeah. it, you can improv a joke that might be far superior than even what you originally. Exactly. Had. I, yeah, I totally agree with you. Because uh, I'm kind of like an OCD kind of guy who kind of like wants to recreate exactly what happened that one time. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's and, true. And You're like, I, what's your reaction? You know, like, yeah. what's your reaction? It's like, yeah. no, but the other guy said dildo. You said, you said something completely different. <laughs> it wasn't funny when it wasn't. you said it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, sometimes, some, yeah, yeah. There's something about Im- improvisational comedy that is just so 
natural and so charming about it that yeah. is really appealing to the and human I think that's psyche. the mo- that's one of the most important parts of being a good stand-up comedian is being able to improv yeah. and being able to work with your crowd. But yeah. then on the other side too, like I agree with what you're saying and then also uh-huh. I also uh-huh. think that um, going back to what I was saying about uh, poetry being like very much or comedy right. comedy poetry. being very much like poetry. I always felt because I was a poetry major in college, yeah, and I went to go get my MFA in poetry, but yes. I, I didn't finish my MFA. So, uh, but uh, yeah, well, so. no, no, that's not exactly true. You became a master's in poetry, but everyone was like, "If everyone knows you're a master's in poetry, they're gonna call you a faggot and give you a wedgie." <laughs> <Hey. Yeah. laughs> so you chose not. So I chose not to actually do that. Uh, my actually my. Uh, poetry, my my main poetry teacher in my MFA program told me that, and his underwear was pulled over his head that day as so, he was saying, as he was saying that. So yeah. I was like, "That's what I'm done." There's That's where I draw the fucking line. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, if he so, wasn't wearing like whitey tighties, it might have been a different story. story. But it might have been the- like he's a trendsetter, he's a hipster, <laughs> he's the next uh, uh, Charles Bukowski. But no, he was not. Uh, he was wearing uh, you know tidy whiteies, and it looked very painful. <laughs> um, no, but I, I mean that in the sense, or I mean like po- uh, comedy and poetry are the same in the same sense, like because like uh, or stand up comedy because poetry is like I feel like when you write poetry, it's like that story that you're always telling your friends, like, and then at the end they're just like, uh huh, and you're like, dude, you had to be there. Where poetry, yeah, you yeah, actually yeah. have to, within just a few lines, within a paragraph, you have to take your audience there. Usually, yeah. you have really. to appeal to their, their their touch, their smell, their, uh, you know, he- the, you have to tell what you hear. Like, you have to appeal to all five senses. Yeah. And I feel like stand-up comedy is a lot the same, where, sure. like, you have to put your audience there in that situation. You know what I mean? Like, definitely. Like definitely. Uh, like poetry, I feel, is the iceberg of literature, where it's like this really like small, what you see is only 10% of the actual story. So like, uh, so like when you read a poem, you're like, oh, that's that's a nice poem on the surface, but when you start digging down deep into sure, it, sure, there's sure. like 90% that you're actually getting. A lot sure. of references, a lot of yeah. all this other stuff, a lot yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, com- I feel, like stand-up yeah, comedy uh-huh, is uh-huh. the cultural version of that, where like... The the jokes on yeah. the surface are only part That's of true. it. There's all That's this true. like deep under under like belly exactly. of comedy a that you like uh-huh, really uh-huh. delving into as an audience. Yes. A lot of the jokes of stand up comics are in this sarcastic realm of like psychological like implications yeah. that aren't really of... a part of the words that they're saying. Exactly. And they're you just know? making fun of Everything that you believe, they're making fun of everything. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The person you don't like believes, exactly. they're making fun of like exactly. And so it, you really have to connect as an audience yeah. to the comic. They might say a set of words that are con- completely contradictory to what they're actually saying. Yeah, you know, true. like a perfect person for that is like Stephen Colbert. Yeah, exactly. Stephen everything Colbert. he's ever done yeah. on the Colbert Report, exactly, was just is like, all just like a persona. Yeah, completely opposite of what he actually believes. Exactly, he's very like liberal, very, and he plays exactly. like this. Staunchly, like a conservative, yeah. staunchly conservative. Yeah. He's basically like a hyper Republican. Yeah, exactly. Like a mega Republican. 
ideology, almost like like Trump 2.0. Yeah, you know? exactly, yeah. You know? But it was all just a persona. Everything he said, although he was saying is it, it He was making as, fun of it. Yeah, yeah he was, was saying it as a conservative Republican, but he was making... From the point of view of a... Of a liberal Democrat, Democrat you yeah. know? Yeah, that's right. Exactly, funny. exactly. So I think a lot of uh, comedy lies in that realm where it's like you're making fun of something that you're talking about, you know? So uh, 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 we're talking about stand-up. Yes. And we're talking about some famous stand-up actors and uh, just a couple of uh, uh, stand-up comedians. <laughs> <laughs> stand-up there, actors. There's some real stand-up gentlemen out there's there. There's some stand-up <laughs> Stand-up comedians. A couple of my favorite, I'm going to say Tom Segura. I'm going to say Kevin Hart. Uh, what are some of your favorites? Um, I would say, like, uh, Tom Segura is definitely, like, a pretty underground. Okay. He's right. good. Uh, Tom Segura, like, I was just listening to some of his stand-up earlier tonight. Uh, Big J. Okerson, Dan mm. Soder. They also have a really, really awesome show on Comedy Central XM Radio called sure. The Bonfire. So if you guys, I mean, I'm not like in association with them, but I think they're really funny and you guys should check them out. Bonfire, um, John Mulaney is pretty good. Yeah, Bo Mulaney, Burnham. Bo Burnham. Um, uh, gosh, there's so many. Uh, you, would say, you would say Bill Burr, Bill Burr. Aziz and Sorry. I would say... I don't think... I wouldn't say Aziz and Sorry. Like, I don't... Yeah. I don't... Oh! <laughs> so you just sounded like Aziz I, I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say I don't. I wouldn't say he's a bad stand-up comedian, but I wouldn't say I'd put him in my favorites. Like when he's like, I don't turn the station when he comes on. Like there's some people I turn the station when they come on. I'm just like, I don't. What about Daniel Tosh? Oh, of course, Daniel Tosh is awesome. I love Daniel. You Tosh. love Daniel Tosh? Daniel Tosh is hilarious. You can burn in hell for the rest of your existence. You don't like that, Daniel you Tosh? Son of a bitch! <laughs> you reminds me of Andrew Bogdanski. <laughs> That's a personal friend of ours. I that know. Is about, I know. No. That's why I like it. <laughs> it just reminds me of. Well, him. you know what? He reminds me as well. And you know what? As much as I love Andrew Bogdanski, I hate Daniel Tosh for taking the limelight. I mean, pass some of the light to Andrew Bogdanski. He's half of the joke right there. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you true. know? It's true. Yeah. Um, um, but as far as like... Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Louis is definitely up there. We're going to have to talk about Louis C.K. Because I know you love him, but I'm going to have to say... Really? Louis C.K. sucks. You don't like Louis C.K.? You know what? The way that he just like... We'll talk about this in a second. Okay, okay. But... Okay. I, I, would think you like would love, I think you would love Louis C.K. Why me? Okay. Well, we're going to go to break real quick. Remember, if you have any opinions about what we said, tweet us at Comedies Nuts. At Comedies Nuts. Uh, tell us about anything that we've been talking about. That was terrible, John. John! God damn it! I'm awful. If you have any opinions, please tell us uh, what you think about these stand-up co- comics. If you have any disagreances or anything. Then shove them up your ass. And then. Tweet them to us. Tweet us at Comedy's Nuts. We're going to take a break real quick. All right, we're back, and 
we're talking about our favorite stand-up comics. Uh, we're talking about... Um, right at, right at before we went on break, we were talking about Louis C.K. Yeah, and you said that you really liked him. I love Louis C.K. And you thought that I would like I him. I think that you... Yeah, I, 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 just knowing you, <laughs> I thought that you would love Louis C.K. <laughs> I'm going to say that I don't like Louis C.K., but secretly I do. Right. You know? Like, secretly... Like, I'm not going to tell you guys that I like Louis C.K., but I do. You know? I feel like the thing with Louis C.K. is he, he's able to, like, take these everyday situations, which, I mean, situational comedy has been around forever, and sure. a lot of people do it, but he yeah. does it in this, like, really... What? I'm going to use this word again, elegant. What? Elegant. I say this he word too much. He does an elegant way, a very... <sighs> a very vulgar, like, very it's vulgar very subject matter. Vulgar... Because he, talk, he talks about, like... Like Subject. masturbation and like all right. All this I gotta stuff. T- I gotta say this. I gotta say this. Last year he was a host of Saturday Night yes. Live, and he did something that no one ever did before. Yes, yes. He his, talked about like child molestation. Yeah, his bit on child molestation was like, whoa, like what the hell? But but the thing was, he like did his stand up routine like for like ten minutes beforehand, like. Five to ten minutes, a whole routine leading up to the child molestation, where, like, we were with him yeah. the entire time. We were with him and his joke and his story to the point where he, when, when he presented that final crucial part, we were we still were with like, him. We were just like, what? We were like, still with yeah. him. But you were like, whoa, I shouldn't be whoa. laughing at this, but. Whoa, he went there. He went there, <laughs> but he managed to do it. Another thing that I love about him is. You never see him with the same material twice. Mm. He has so much fucking material. That's true. That's like, true. A lot, of, a lot of comedians, like, I'll, I've seen a couple he's comedians, just like, he's two just or three good. times. He's a professional. Like, he I mean, is like, I. Pro, 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 stand up comedian pro. He just understands that, like, comedy pervades every aspect of life. Yeah. And even when there's tragedy, there's an element of comedy, comedy. in there. In it, in it, and uh, I don't want to sound too nerdy, but that that goes back to Dante, Dante and Dante his divine comedy. Yeah, yeah the, the divine comedy. Yeah. It was called the divine comedy. Yes. Why? Because it had Cause, a because well, nobody died. No one died, <laughs> so therefore it had it's a, not a tragedy. It, so it has to be a com- comic. Yeah, exactly, a comedy. It, it has a good ending, so it's got to be comedy. And also, when you look at it, there was a lot of uh, uh, like allusions to the time that he lived in, and a lot of satire. One hundred percent. A lot of satire about the people that lived in his time and who Dude. actually had fucked him over Dude. and like kicked him out of like you know because he was a politician yeah. originally. Yeah, we yeah. gotten like uh, yeah. kicked he, out of. He knew noble families and so forth and so he wrote in those family names into his comedy and if we want to talk about Dante's comedy I mean we could talk about uh, 2,000 year old Greek families which we, we were talking about in the first episode about the difference between like these ancient Greek versus like the ancient Greek dramas versus comedies 
And it's like, it's funny because now when you look at it, that's Italian. Uh, uh, Italian is like 16th uh, century, uh, like uh, Renaissance uh, Italian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Roman, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Renaissance Italy was when like uh, Dante's Inferno came out. Yes, yes. But, and now to us, it seems like such this like, uh, like almost like a tragedy. You know, it, it seems like this very serious story. Sure. But then again, when it came out, it was very it was satirical. Very um, satirical because a lot of, all right, uh, a lot of Don, a lot of the things uh, posited in Dante's Inferno, they say names. Mm-hmm. Dante say says real life names of people, people and families in his age. Yeah, he talks and they, about that people did real fucked up things who to people. Re- yeah, who really did things in his contemporary age, and so it was almost like you had to be there. To understand these jokes. To understand the humor in it. Right, right, Where right. now we look at it and go, oh, that's just fucked up. Yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. For the age, it was might have been funny. Yeah, it might have been a little bit funny because you understand, oh, 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 you know, the same way we understand Kardashians have, you know. Exactly, and they're like, there's this tragic story about this man becoming a woman and everybody was making fun of him and all this other stuff. It might not be funny in the future. In the future, because they're now, out of... They're out of context, but us now we can find the humor and like the the basis for these jokes. Yeah, exactly. Even so, like South Park being, you know, with the with the whole PC. You PC bro? You PC bro? Like you PC bro. Somebody here make fun of Caitlyn Jenner. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. South Park is good. South Park genius brilliant. Consistently good across the board. Forever. I mean, if like you're talking you're, about like if you're into dark. that kind of thing, if you're more like me, then you probably don't like South Park that much. You probably don't care for the humor, and once again, more, more of a uh, more of a staunch, uh, un uncomedic, have no sense of humor kind of person <laughs> like uh, like Nate. <laughs> I'm not into comedies. He doesn't like comedy. I'm not that much of a fan, but. Uh, but if you're into South Park and that kind of stuff, I guess it's okay. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about stand-up comics yes. and some of our favorites. Yes. And, John, we know Louis C.K. is one of your favorites. Mm. You want to talk about him? Uh, yeah. I mean, Louis C.K. has a really amazing show called Louis. And uh, it's... it's this, Louis? Yeah, Louis. The TV show? Yeah, yeah, he has, he has a really good show. I've read about in the papers. <laughs> in the papers? I, every Sunday morning I get a paper and there's something about Louie in it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's, I yeah. just read the headlines. It's so yes. funny. It's so good. I mean, no, Louis C.K. is awesome. I've seen it before and it deals with a lot of his stand-up. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen the show. I've seen his stand-up. I would say that, you know, God forbid I say this, it's a regurgitation of his stand-up. Hmm. I would what say do you so. think about that? I, I agree, because, I agree, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's a... a uh, Detriment? Uh, yeah, I don't think that's bad. I think that's actually a compliment. Okay. Because his stand-up, he has so, like I said earlier, he has so much material and so many good things to say mm-hmm. about... Like life and his life, just in general. Sure, 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 that sure. when you watch his when you watch his show, you're like, yes, it is just his stand up, but it's it's just like his stand up. Mm. It's never mm. the same thing twice. Mm. It's always something new. It's always something uh, kind of profound. 
and it's always something that's like striking a nerve with you mm. as, a, as, a, as a person living in the United States in this modern era. Sure, sure, and, sure. And sure. kind of your struggle with trying to be progressive and also being out of touch a little bit. Sure. Or like stuck in our old ways and also trying to be progressive. Sure. And I don't know. I'll I think, just. I think, he's, I think he's amazing. I'll just attribute that to good writing in the show. He's the only writer. He's the only writer. Really? He's the editor of the show. It. Yes, what? he's the only writer he's and the editor. editor. Yeah, and he edits the show. Whoa. He, he went to FX and he says, he says, hey, here's my deal. You, I'm going to make you a show. Because uh-huh, he had a show uh-huh, on HBO uh-huh. called Lucky Louie. Sure. Which was a multi-cam show that only I've went, never heard of it. Yeah, exactly. Never it only went one season and he quit because he was like, this is bullshit. Because I, it not, was in the not, hands of everyone else. else. Exactly. So he went to FX and he said, "Here's I don't know if this, it was as easy as all this, but right. this was the but deal he that like, he ended up getting, uh-huh. being like, basically, I'll if I give the show, I will give I you like I have full one hundred percent control. If if I give you a half an hour of me taking a shit on a toilet, that's uh-huh. what you put on TV uh-huh. and that's uh-huh. it. So uh-huh. so he made the show and like Rob right off the bat, it started winning Emmys." I'm pretty sure he's won an Emmy for every season he's done. Oh. Like he, like yeah. So he's so, so you're saying it's not bad. <laughs> like generally speaking, it's, I mean, it's not. It's not terrible. It's not yeah, terrible. But yeah, he's in very much control of everything sure, in sure. his show. So it's got like this whole like creativity to it that a lot of network yeah, television yeah. shows don't get. They don't get to have that creativity that he gets. Which is kind of what we're talking about about Netflix shows, uh, kind of like Master of None and stuff like that. Yeah, like where they're able to have their own creativity, and that's why we see such diversity in the Netflix shows um, because they they bring on these big people to give them the diversity. In network shows, kind of what we were talking about in our last episode, like The Grinder and Godfather or Grandfather, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that, a couple of like, episodes. The it's very much tweaked by the network, and like you know, this is what we want, this is what we want. Where, like, here we have a network show like Louie, and uh-huh. it's not at all tweaked by the network. Like, he gets to do whatever the fuck he wants. That's good. Like, even of, as of now, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to take a hiatus, undetermined amount of time. So it might be off the air for, like, several years. We don't know. Nobody knows. But, like, they've already, like, what? re-signed him for another season. So contractually, he can come back anytime he wants and make a new episode or make a new season but he's also contractually not obligated to come out with one Interesting. until he wants to. Interesting. Well, that works out for Louis C.K. <laughs> right? That works out for him. Right? Jesus Christ. It's pretty crazy. Well, but... that's good. You know, I mean, with someone with that much power and that much gate behind him, I mean, I guess you deserve that kind of thing. That's true. But here's and the I thing. I think he kind of came out of nowhere with the show, though. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't. I don't think he came out of nowhere. Louis C.K. is like around. well known. Yeah, he's been around. He's for been minute. around, and like other stand-up comics, like kind of like idolize him That's or true. refer to him yeah. as like a standard as a god. As a standard, I don't want to say god, but kind of like they idolize yeah, him. Yeah, a lot of people idolize yeah. him. You know, uh, but then I want to take uh, that and compare it to. Uh, the Jim Gaffigan show. Have you seen that? Jim Gaffigan, yes. yes Have you I seen the yes. Jim Gaffigan yes. show? Yes. yes, yes. So it's basically... Watched, I'm pretty sure I've watched every episode. Of right on, right on. It's good. Yeah, it's, I love Jim Gaffigan. Uh, what network is that? TV it's Land. TV Land. TV it's Nickelodeon Land. at night. <laughs> is much. what it is. <laughs> pretty much. Is what it is. Yeah. And actually, it's pretty good. 
This oh yeah, show, I think it's hilarious. The show is pretty good. Bacon. What is that? That's his stand-up, you know, bacon, <laughs> which is something they make fun of constantly with him. And it's funny because it's on TV Land, but that he's the clean comic. He's the clean <laughs> comic, and this is Jim Gaffigan on TV Land in comparison to Louis C.K. on FX, on FX which is more of an adult show. It's been around with. TV sons mature, yeah, mature. It's been mature shows since like well, a decade ago. Yeah, you know. So uh, Louis C.K. is kind of a little bit more mature. Jim Gaffigan is a little more PC, Family. PC. But I would say that if you watch Jim Gaffigan's show, you don't have to watch Jim Gaffigan stand up anymore because it covers all of Jim Gaffigan's jokes in his past. Setups all of it in the stand-up format. I it's, agree. It, it becomes a sitcom situational. We see all of his stand-up bits uh-huh. as episodes. As episodes. I think that's true. I think that's true. Like the whole cake episode where and he I eats feel the like, entire cake. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was actually literally one of his stand-ups. It's literally one of his stand-ups. And I feel like Louis C.K. is kind of like that as well. When I was watching all of Louis... I was feeling the entire time, oh, I've heard this joke before. I've heard this joke before. Louis C.K. has done this bid before. I've seen this hit his stand-up. That's what. That's my biggest pet peeve about all stand-up comedies going into shows. shows I agree with you. I agree with you. You're always going to have like their staple jokes as reoccurring jokes in the show. But I also feel like... Even even after watching all the shows, like I even just the other day, and it's the same. You can listen to a stand up comedy. Like I feel like I can listen to a stand up comedy routine uh, from Jim Gaffigan, and then listen to another one in a different place. That's the exact same routine done differently for the audience, and still get something new out of it. And I still laugh at it. Exactly. And I still think it's funny. Exactly. And if Jim Gaffigan was coming to town and I had free tickets, I would totally go fucking. See exactly. It. Even though I've seen that same stand up routine. Even if it's in the same tour group, yeah, you know, I would go see it because you know it's still funny inherently. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, like, how many times can you rewatch an episode? You know, it's kind of giving a deadline to all your. Stand-up. But I think you're actually adding a lot more depth to it because, like, because what we're talking about at the beginning, where like a show on a network is like polished and polished and polished and polished, sure, and all sure. these other things, yeah, and like a stand-up comedian. Has himself kind of just like dealing with, you know, like polishing his own jokes and stuff like that, where like you see all these, you see the creative force going into it. It adds a lot more elements to it. Camera work, lighting, all these other things that that actually have a tone to them. And they actually give more of a tone to uh, the comedian himself sure. and, and where he is in his life and, and what it is. So like, I feel like, um, like Louis kind of, like, gives this, like, elegant tone to Louis' life with, like, the music, like, the jazz music and, like, uh, the lighting that's, like, really, like, orangey. Like, it is, like, a lot of, like, a lot of really orange soft lighting. Almost like a sepia kind of, like, warmth. Exactly. There's, like, a lot of that. Where, like, Jim Gaffigan's show is, like, uh, very, like, bright. Yeah. And, like, open. And a lot of it, sure. a lot of it happens outside where, like, a lot of Louis C.K. episodes happen, like, in an enclosed environment. Sure. In like dark environments where like um, most of it happens at night, mm-hmm. you know that's what I'm saying. Like the orangey lights, almost like street light, mm-hmm. like lit mm-hmm. feel, mm-hmm. you know, or like comedy room, sure. room feel, 
where like uh and even even the even the stuff that he's doing outside is kind of like um uh, undersaturated so okay. like so you're adding like a lot of visual depth to their comedy that like explain who they are as people okay and I feel like that's something that you don't get from their stand-up. So that's why I do like the shows uh, that are, like, from uh, stand-up comedians and stuff like that. Because it adds a lot of depth to them as comedians and who they are as people and what their shows are actually like. Or maybe even who the network executives or whatever view them as as people. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. But as far as, like, stand-up comedians go, uh, 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 Louis C.K. is awesome. Everyone yes. can agree that he is great. Yes. What are some straight up? They maybe they've never had the uh, luxury of having a TV show based around their stand-up okay, okay. comedy. Yeah, yeah. What We're talking about like man. I I want to bring us back more to more underground stand-up yeah. comic yeah, yeah, yeah. specials. Yeah, People yeah. doing the standard format where you have that stool on the stage next to you, but it's only for your water, and you don't have multiple cameras or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Sarah Silverman was always one of my. She had her own show, though. She did, and ever since that, (laughs) it ruined her. Am I right? It ruined her. As soon as you get a show, it ruins you. You know, you gotta actively like resent and like repress your show like status to really come out of that. Like hands up, victorious. You know, that's yeah. what I think. That's what I think. I mean, after she started her show, she like she appeared on Comedy Bang Bang, but that was the last time I saw her. She hasn't had like a main. So comic. let's speak about. Let's talk about Comedy Bang Bang a little bit specifically. A stand-up sure. comedian that's that's actually a the musical host on that show. Sure. Reggie Watts. Yeah, Reggie Watts. Let's talk Reggie about him. Watts. We, let's, let's talk about a little bit more underground comedy. Let's talk about underground comedy and Reggie Watts as a stand-up comedian. Yes. Let me tell you, right away, Reggie Watts is very like singular in his type of comedy. Exactly. Why? Nobody else does anything like him at all. Not really. I mean, like, I mean, you can really stretch the idea of what he does uh, in a way, but like... What he does is musical. Yeah. His comedy and is And usually musical. I don't like musical comedians. Like, I'm not, like, I like, I like Stephen Lynch. Stephen Lynch is great. It's funny, but, like, generally when somebody's like, oh, I'm going to do a musical comedy bit, I'm sure, like, sure. next, next. Next. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan myself, this personally. Is but then again, like, ever, like, I say that, but then again, when hey. I actually listen to him, it's always usually really Here's funny. the thing with Reggie Watts, though, is, like, it's so bizarre. It is. Like, Stephen Lynch, like, uh, as soon as he steps on stage, he tells you, you know, I'm gonna sing you multiple songs about varying themes. Yeah. Reggie Watts, when he steps on stage, it's like, you gotta be with him, 100%. Yeah. You gotta be, like, totally ready and He's willing. He's an avant-garde comic. He's avant-garde, for sure. He's, like, jumping all over the place. Yeah. He starts songs, and he doesn't tell you he started a song. He's like, you better be with me, or you're gonna miss this joke. You better be with me, you better be with me, or you're gonna miss this joke. You're just like, what? Wait, wait, what happened there? <laughs> yeah, he definitely, he definitely like pulls stuff out of nowhere. That's just like crazy. 
But that's part of his genius. Yeah. You know? True. Reggie Watts, I feel, is is a comic genius. Yes. And part of it is, uh, you know, immortalized in Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah. I know you've seen at least the first season of Comedy Bang yeah, Bang. I've seen several I've seen several episodes of it. I'm not like a, a watcher of Comedy sure, Bang sure, Bang, sure, but sure, I've sure, seen sure. lots of bits yeah, from yeah, it, yeah, lots yeah. of little things. And uh, his, uh, I lo- what I love about his persona is that he can just, like, fly with it. You know, it's kind of like a sly, like, you know, cool. I understand what's going on, but, he's like, like cool I've got and my hip, own. You know? Yeah. He's, like, cool and hip. But, he's like, cool like, and like, hip. Also, he's probably on mushrooms, and <laughs> he's talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of that, uh, speaking of, like, com- com- comics that uh, you're yeah. pretty sure are on drugs, um, <laughs> uh, there's that, like, great stand-up comedian, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, female, male. One time I saw a dude eating grapes. Or one time I saw Wano eating grapes. And I was like, dude, you have to wait. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, you know the worst oh. thing about wearing a turtleneck? It always feels like this really weak guy is trying to trick you out. <laughs> yeah. Mitch Hedberg. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Mitch fucking Hedberg. Yeah, and he he's like... He's like one of the the greats. Oh yeah, he's one of the I greats. Mean, I mean, uh, his style was uh, his style was kind of like you know single jokes, you know, like one and done kind of jokes. Yeah, like Stephen Wright kind of had the yeah. same thing. Like I once went to a foot doctor, sure, just because I wanted to see how I never saw a man that short. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> a like, foot doctor. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> he had that like kind of like <clears throat> excuse me. He had that kind of like feel to him. Sure. Um, but, like, he was, like, so smart with his jokes. But, yeah, he was, like, totally, like, on drugs all the time. Mm-hmm. Totally fucked up. Rest in peace. Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> yes, he was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. You, you see these underground comics like that. Uh, like, I feel like Mitch Hedberg kind of became, like, mainstream after he died. But, mm. like, when he was alive, like, <clears throat> he was kind of an uh, underground comic. And, like, the kind of guy that would have never been able to get his own show because of how fucked up he was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. A lot of his jokes were, like, single-line jokes. And because... I think that talks about, like, Dimitri Martin, which we were talking about earlier, has kind of the same format, like, single jokes. Like, he has, like, a Dimitri Martin, yeah. Okay, he he's, a, like... he's a stand-up comic? Yeah, Dimitri Martin, yeah. Dimitri Martin, he is a stand-up comic? Yeah, he had his own show for a minute there. Like, Oh, so he had his show. He, he got his own show. He did have, like, a, a, like, but it basically his whole show was just... His stand-up? His stand-up comedy, like, several times. That's true. Ago. And I think, like, every, every single stand-up comic who has his own show kind of has that element to it. I'm talking about Jim Jeffries. I'm talking about Louis C.K., Jim I'm Jeffries talking about Jim Gaffigan. Jim Jeffries? Jim Jeffries had his own show. It was called Bear or something like that. Really? Yeah, it was like Jim Jeffries Bear or something. And maybe I'm thinking... Are you talking about Wilfred? Are you thinking about Wilfred? Because I, I don't think... I don't think... I don't think Jim... Well, I know for a fact Jim Jeffries was not Wilfred. No, I know that. I know that. But Jim Jeffries did have a show based around his stand-up. And it's something like Bear or mm, something like that. And it's basically his stand-up. It was really? basically it was basically his version of Louie. 
Okay. You know, and Jim Gaffigan's show is basically Jim Gaffigan's stand-up yeah. as a sitcom, a single-camera sitcom. Yeah, because and I mean, I see I that feel like multiple times. And which, Mitch, Pat, Mitch Hedberg would have had that if... Uh, he could have kept it together maybe a little maybe. bit. Maybe. Like, I mean, if Mitch Hedberg didn't wear aviator glasses all the time... <laughs> And like yeah, all of his all of his jokes were just about him being fucked yeah. up. Then yes. maybe he would have had his own show. God bless his soul. But but I all, feel like all I of feel these like stand ups, all the of these stand ups things. I mean, yeah. I mean, I that's feel like that's I the feel. thing that makes like a lot of these stand up comedians. A, Appealable, like appeal to sure. the to the regular audience, sure. is because their life is their comedy. No, yeah, you, that. So, so therefore, you can flip it around and make like their comedy a show about their life. Sure, and that is what I want to speak about about comedy and stand up comedy and how stand up comedy works. The only way stand up comedy works at all is that a large group of people is agreeing with you as a comic that that shit is funny and relatable. That that part is like true and like an understandable and relatable feature about life in general. Mm -hmm. And we all can agree about that. I feel it's also that. I feel like you're right, but it's also Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. the stand up comic themselves manipulating the crowd into believing that that might be true exactly that that might be true exactly it's like do you believe it do you not believe it sure 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 it's half and half it's like it's half appealing to the mass of people who will be like oh shit yeah I feel like that all the time and half appealing to the other half that's like maybe I don't feel that way but I can understand it exactly like you're making me understand something that I don't get which is like Patton Oswalt does that for me all the time oh Patton Oswalt Patton Who's Oswald. that? Who's that? Pat Oswald. Hold uh, on. Pat Oswald? Patton Oswald. Patton Oswald. Yeah, he played the voice of Ratatouille. Ratatouille is a thing? <laughs> he's it's a everything. show. He's, he's like uh, the voice of the Goldbergs. Um, uh, oh, the Goldbergs is a show that I've heard of. Yes, yes. And yes. Ratatouille is a movie I've heard of. <laughs> yes. So he, he does a voice, lot of voices. Yeah. He does a lot of voices. No, he just does his own voice, but his own voice is so funny. Sure, they just sure, throw it sure, into everything. Sure, 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 but sure. no, he's like this really great comedian. Really oh, great stand-up comedian. I've heard him on the Pandora. Yes. Okay, he's a stand-up comedian. Yeah, I've heard his. I've heard his stuff. I love Patton Oswalt, and like, I feel like it's not that I know what it's like to be like a, sure a little short fat guy. Sure. Because, like, he's this little short, depressed, fat guy. That's true. Who's just like, but there's something about, like, he, he gives me perspective in a lot of ways about, like, pe- people I don't understand in such a funny way sure. that makes me, like, want to relate more to other people. Interesting. And wants me, like, I feel like I'm a better person for listening to Pat Oswalt's stand-up comedy. Interesting. And I feel like, yeah, I don't know. He's hilarious. Interesting. Interesting. You know, yeah. I I totally agree with you. I would say that I I feel that way about like uh uh stand up comics like John Mulaney. John, John Mulaney, Mulaney yes. is someone though I'm not exactly a kindred spirit. Yeah, exactly. I'm not he's exactly so bizarre. He's so bizarre. He's not, yeah, he's he's bizarre to me. 
He's definitely bizarre to me, you know? He's yeah. definitely different to me, but something about him makes me want to think in his shoes. Exactly, And put totally. my, myself in his shoes, you totally. know? Totally, and he had the show on NBC, actually. Mulaney. Mulaney, which was god-awful. It was terrible. It had Nassim, Nassim Patral from SNL in it, and it was just... <sighs> it was oh, bad. my gosh, it was It was so unfortunate. Bad. It, it was, was unfortunate. Really... In the same way that most uh, stand-up comics are trying to uh, take their stand-up comedy bits and routines and put them onto uh, a show, he was trying to do that, but like the it just jokes didn't work. Just, it was just not. I feel landing. like I feel like if his show would have been like single cam format, yeah, and been like him one hundred percent in charge of it, yeah, because like it felt so broad the comedy that they showed us was so like uh, you know broad and like so single cam format and he's so out there and so weird Mm -hmm. and like uh like you see him on like the kroll show Mm -hmm. like uh Mm -hmm. which is nick kroll who's best Mm -hmm. known from Mm -hmm. uh obviously the league and stuff like Mm -hmm. that the league yeah Yeah. you see them on that and they're like they're so weird and out there they're just doing whatever they want yeah and when you see them in that format you're like that's hilarious yeah now maybe Nick Kroll is a little too out there uh-huh. by himself, and like when you yeah. give him his own format, like the Kroll show is like very hit or miss. Where you're like, very much. Mm, like sometimes it's really funny, and sometimes you're just like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Man? It's like the Nick Kroll show is like the single person format of the Tim and Eric show for me. Yes, it's yes, like yes. It's like Tim and Eric if it was just one mind behind it, you know? <laughs> exactly. You know? Totally, totally. And I like, I really like Nick Kroll's stand-up. I really like him yeah. in the league. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. But like, and I like his show sometimes. Mm. And specifically, the, mm. <laughs> specifically the, the, the bits that he does with John Mulaney. Because he's like, <laughs> <laughs> the too much tuna. That's too much tuna. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's a really good bit. But that's just it's, funny. It's just weird. It's just that's weird. Funny. It's so weird that it makes you go like, huh? Why am I laughing at this? Yeah. Everyone knows what. <laughs> everyone knows what's funny. Yeah. You know. Everyone knows that like when something happens and everyone laughs, that's funny. Exactly. But sometimes like you get like perverted versions of it. You know. Yeah. Just people take things to some extremes that you don't really have to go to. And I'm not necessarily sure that it's the jokes that are the problem for me. Yeah. Uh-huh, I think uh-huh. it's like what we're getting back to about production value with sure. some of these things. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's not that it's filmed bad, it's just filmed in a way that I don't like. Yeah. And like let's I, talk about that. You know? We're in an age where we are accustomed to cinema format. Yeah. We understand that good movies are filmed a specific way. And we are at an age where we don't deny our TV shows the same cinematic uh, appeal yeah, that our movies. We give them no quarter. Yeah, Basically, we don't. We're, we like, don't. we're like, you have to be as good as movies or you fucking suck. Exactly. Because like, we back understand in the day, how TV easy it is. used to be like, eh, TV. Yeah. It was just TV. Exactly. It's good. I mean, exactly. it's, it's good enough. It's on TV, so whatever. Exactly. Now it's like with like Game of Thrones and all these really, really cinematic mm-hmm, shows mm-hmm, that are coming mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. A show that we're probably going to talk about uh, next coming up week. Uh, next week we're probably going to be talking about some dark comedies. So like another show we're going to be talking about is Shameless. Mm-hmm. 
um, uh, which is uh, it, um, it's one of the premium shows. It's one on it's on Showtime. Yeah, and it's uh, so it's one of those be talking paid about dark premiums. comedies, uh, dark comedies, and their role in premium television versus. Uh, standard television and stuff like that. And of that. course, we've come to know premium television as being filmed cinematically. We understand that uh, anytime we're watching HBO, Showtime, any of those higher-up channels that you have to pay premium for, we're going to be expecting a higher quality But not necessarily true, forms. because look at Bob Odenkirk's and uh, David Cross's show. What is that? Uh, that was uh, with Bob and David. And that is? HBO. It's Netflix, right? Oh, you know what? It is Netflix. It's Netflix. But but the original show that is based what? off of Mr. Show, and Mr. that was show. HBO. And that was HBO. Yeah. Right? Yes, yes. And and HBO still has these multi-cam comedies. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 what we were talking about earlier, the uh, well, they Life don't with have- Louie. Life with Louie was HBO. Lucky Louie was Lucky Louie. Lucky Louie was. It HBO. was an HBO show back in the day, but now as like time has evolved, our standard of living and our standard of production quality, we don't see those things on HBO anymore. We see multi-camera sitcoms or situational comedies. Now that we like to say them, we yeah. see shows like Girls. We see shows like Ballers. Uh, uh, Silicon Valley, Silicon you know, Valley. and oh. with with Bob and David, you know, yeah, Silicon Valley, another great, <laughs> one. Another yeah. great one. And um, what's the other T. one? T.J. Miller, T.J. Yeah. Miller, one of my favorite stand-up comedians of all Miller. time. So good, he's so fucking funny. Uh, <laughs> also been like out there for a long time. T.J. Miller's so yeah. And that's the other thing that I think we need to touch on. All these people that have their own shows, uh-huh. like you've, you've been saying, like once comedians get their own shows, it's kind of like over for them. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's true mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. That's true in some ways. But like also, you also have to respect that when these people get their own shows, it mm-hmm. means they've been grinding for like 20 years. They've been out there fucking doing the shit that nobody else wants to do, playing these super slow comedy shows sure. for years and years at a time. Doing these shit jobs to get by, and, and like working I mean, comedy at yeah. night, it's like working two jobs. Louis C.K. like uh, he was unrecognizable totally. before his show. Really, it was like his it, like he released one comedy stand up. Like but at, he was a writer. Like an hour I mean, he wasn't a household name. But uh, I feel yeah. like yeah, I feel yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But he I feel like Louis C.K. Has been like a writer for so long sure, that it's sure, hard sure, to say because sure, sure. I mean he wrote the movie Pootie Tang. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, that? yeah, 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 yeah. And that's one. <laughs> that's one of the greatest movies in my opinion. But there's a lot of people who say like that was utter shit that made no sense, and it's actually a slap in the face to every cinematic artist out there. <laughs> which, is, you know? which is true in a lot of ways. It's this. true in a lot of ways. But what I'm saying know? is like these people out there, like I feel like Louis C.K. is a bad example just simply because he's been like, he's been working Hollywood for a long time and mm. he's been in it. He's been in it. Where like a lot of these stand-up comedians and stuff like that have not necessarily been in it there for, for their whole lives. Mm-hmm. They've been doing these like shitty jobs and they've been doing all these, and really grinding at what it is to be. I mean, I'm not saying anything about Lucy K or anything like that, but right. I, I feel like everybody's been like, or 
how these stand-up comedians that are like these underground stand-up comedians have been like really grinding to be stand-up comedians and once they get in the limelight that means that they've actually finally made it as a stand-up comic well we'll be right back to talk about this a little bit more Alright, we are back. This is Comedy's Nuts. I'm Nate Beals. And I'm John Nickel. And we are talking about stand-up comedy. Yes. So we left you on a... Uh, our last note was talking about how uh, comedians like have been doing this like grind and stuff. And, and uh, yeah. how hard it is to get to where they from where they are to where they want to be. Right. And like... Uh, basically what we were saying was like yeah Santa comedians like when they get to their shows it's kind of like the the, the end but what we were really and that's was true like, well, well yeah that's kind of true though because like these stand-up comics stand-up comics I'm gonna have to be honest like that's kind of one of the lower rungs of comedy as far as popularity and like general like mass appeal yes, goes, mass appeal absolutely. Uh, it, it's definitely down there, and so mm-hmm. as soon as they start gaining like popular like support, that's when they finally break in yeah. to like TV to mainstream and, comedy exactly as we know it. Yeah. And they have to they have to take a lot of. I steps. feel like I feel like getting your own show at this point like is like the pinnacle of your career. It's not necessarily yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like the end or like the, the, the it, but it is the topmost point. Right. It's like right, there's nowhere right, else right. to go sure. from there but down, right. which is kind sure. of like the problem. It's kind of a problem. Definitely a problem. I mean when you say it like that, it's definitely a problem. <laughs> I, mean, but I mean once think about once, it. Think about once Dave Louis, Chappelle, all these people that have had their shows it's like, like the these great underground comics for, you know, 30, 30 years, 20 years, mm-mm, even, like, 10 years, mm-mm. who have been, like, really working hard, once you get, like, your own show and you're, like, at the pinnacle, you're making money hand over fist with your comedy, but just because it's the pinnacle of being known and being famous doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's actually the pinnacle of your comedy career. Sure, Because sure. I feel like the actual pinnacle of your comedy career is where you're the happiest. Yeah, Absolutely. It's like uh, the pinnacle of any career is when you are the happiest exactly. at what you are doing. Exactly, money, I like money. That. I feel like it's the pinnacle of the money and fame. Yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But inevitably, what really matters is like where are you at? Where are you happy? Mm-mm. And that like kind of brings us into our next thing, like about like uh, what what does it take to be a comedian, an actor, any any kind of sense. Of what it is to work in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? When are you finally happy with what you've done? Exactly. You know, yeah. and that that's uh, that goes across all forms of art. Forms of art. Like, when are you finally happy with the art that you've created? Yeah. You know, and I feel like with stand-up comics, there can be a very like us. Uh, uh, very uh, direct, very specific idea of when you are happiest, and it's when you connect to your own joke. You know? Uh Uh-huh. It's when you are like, yeah, 
That's exactly what I want to say. Yeah. You know? That's when I think that... uh, Now, do you think it's when that happens? Or when you also feel that and the audience is also 100% laughing with you to the point, like, when they're, like... Well, that proves the first point, right? I mean, when you have an audience laughing at something that you've really connected with, that proves... That brings everything together. But let's say you bring up this joke that you find abstract. Mm -hmm. You personally don't connect with your own joke. And you've just mentioned this joke to an audience. And the audience goes crazy for it. The audience goes crazy, but you personally aren't connected. You're not connected to that shit at all. I guess, yeah. You know? That's not definitely. You're going to feel a a dissonance. Yeah, you're going to feel a dissonance between that and your joke. But when you're connected to your joke, and then the audience connects to your joke, that's full circle. That's like the epitome of when you are really connected to your art form. Yeah. You know, you finally mastered your own art. Yeah. You know, your own form of comedy, you know? And like, as a comedy, you're, as a comedian, as someone who partakes in this art of comedy, you're going to be testing out uh, all kinds of things. Yeah. The point is that you're in front of an audience of people, human beings, who relate to you in a specific way, and you're going to be testing what they feel is funny. And if their feelings line up with your feelings, great. Great. If it doesn't, though, I mean, it could be, like, either a disaster or it could be, like, that that Bill Burr special where he's like, Mm -hmm. fuck you, Philadelphia, you're fucking pieces (laughs) of shit. You're the worst fucking people I've ever met. And he, like, goes off for, like, this 20-minute tangent about how this audience is a fucking Mm -hmm. piece of shit. And I'm sure, I mean, now it's, like, one of his most famous things, but, like... At the time, like, he was feeling pretty bad about himself, just being like, what the fuck am I doing? You were like, ten minutes left. Fuck you. Fuck your yeah. sports teams. Yeah, if you imagine... the fucking flyers were on the fucking... If you, you imagine know. being him on stage in front of a, a mass... Uh, an, an amount of people equal to 20 and above, you know, like... Yeah, that was probably, like, in that audience, probably, like, a, like 200, 300 people. 200 people who don't agree with you. And hate you at that moment. And he actually was able to, by fucking with them and making them feel bad about themselves, uh-huh, uh-huh, he was uh-huh. actually, by the end, that whole audience was laughing with exactly. him. Exactly. Because he was just like, I'm gonna make fun of you. Yes! Yes, and just having the balls to make fun of them. Yeah. It it reflects something that is, like, inherently funny. Like, when you're just hanging out with people, in, in a very specific, intimate relationship with one other person, sometimes especially with Especially with guys. Like, I would say especially with guys. Like, I feel like girls are a little more sensitive about this. I'm not, I'm not sure that, because know. I'm not a woman, but be, be but yes, when I'm hanging out with another guy and they're, like, specifically making fun of me, like, I feel like there's something in that. Yeah. You know, if they're making fun of me, and I, I feel that I can make fun of them. Exactly. And when you're both making fun of each other. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. You're both well, laughing at each other's expense. I expense. feel like that's when you when you become like really great friends, yes. really good friends, really yes. great friends is when you can like bullshit with each other yes. and like kind of make fun of each other and 
Yes. Like, uh, here's your weaknesses. And yeah. You know that yeah, yeah, because we know that it's our weakness. We mm-hmm. know that it's our weakness. And We're it's not funny. stupid. It's, it's, it's it's all in good. It's all in good fun. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's a, there's an amount of uh, realism. Yeah. And just like. And I'm not. Yeah. I guess I can't say for sure if girls do that the same way. Sure. But I definitely know that guys, yeah. when they're best friends, they they fuck with each other sure. constantly. Yeah. Totally. Like they're constantly like preying on each other's weaknesses to make totally. you feel like shit about each other. But totally. you know that. You know that it all but comes we, from a place we, of love. Yeah, we all, it, it comes from a place of love. Exactly. Absolutely. And there's like an unspoken agreement yeah. that even this like, guy's even fucking like, with me, but I know he loves me. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And it's like, how do I look in this jacket? Well, you look like fucking dog shit. You're like, well, that means I'm great. You know? Like, he wouldn't go that far if he thought I really looked like dog shit. If he really thought I looked like dog shit, he'd be like, You look fine. You look fine. Just go. Just go. If you want to look like that, you look fine. Exactly. It's the same way you don't fuck with somebody. You're like when they're like their grandfather dies. You're like you're right. not like you're not like well you know like you're like oh man that's that's really sad. I apologize about yeah, that. Yeah, you know yeah. like you're like trying to work around their feelings. Uh-huh. But like if, if you know, but like on a normal day you'd be like yeah you probably fuck your grandpa. <laughs> and you know, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not a touchy subject. So. Right, 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 right. right. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> what we were getting into at the beginning of this was uh, like what it is to like be in Hollywood, uh, what it is to like come up like basically from nothing uh, as an actor, and like the challenges of that. Um, I'm talking about stand-up comedy. And then I want to talk about this more in detail uh, with comedy. But, like, I think this applies to every element of, like, being in Hollywood. Is, like, coming up from, like, the stage, the state of, like, nowhere. You know, it's like... Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood is like that, huh? You would say Hollywood is like that? Well, I mean, that's where we live, so it's... So that's my frame of reference. I mean, your frame of reference is based on where you live. I get that. But I would also generalize generalize that because we're talking about comedy, I would expand this to everyone who wants to be a stand-up comic. Or in any entertainment industry. Anytime. Yeah. Any Any kind of entertainment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's 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 definitely not something that you can just like wake up in the morning, and go, oh, I'm deciding I'm going to do this, mm, and then mm, just go mm. out that day and be the best at it. No, 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 no. Unless you're some kind of like prodigy and just like, like no. Well, how- who's that? Who's that? Yeah, Bill Burnham, right? Is the is the young guy who's like tw- Bill Burnham? No, Bo Burnham. <laughs> Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. Yeah, he's like he's like oh. yeah, he was like real young comedian. YouTube star. He yeah. just wakes up one day and he wants to be a star and he's a star all of a sudden. Yeah. No, I'm not saying Bill Burnham did that. But he was like he was like really famous at like sixteen for a stand up comedy. Sure, sure, sure. In the same way that Justin Bieber was real famous at sixteen just for being really good at singing. This guy was really famous as uh, putting together comedic songs in a fashion that was like 
um, kind of connected to stand-up comedy. Yeah, you know? yeah, and he actually became a popular stand-up comedian. But he but got it's, his it's own. Very, it's very, very rare that you get that opportunity to do that. Basically, usually you have to work your way up. Mm-hmm. Like most people who want to work in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. live in some small town in the middle of nowhere. Let's just start that. Everybody wants to be in the entertainment industry, and only one percent of the people that actually work in the entertainment industry grow up and live in Hollywood. Sure. Most people don't grow up, live in the entertainment industry. Sure, 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 sure. The people that make it big in the entertainment industry and who have grown up in the entertainment industry have huge connections. Like their parents were famous movie stars, comedians, so on and so forth. Exactly. But that's a small portion because the majority of people have, like, seen movie stars, stand-up comedians, and they idolize these people and wanted to, like, build a career around these people and started themselves. So they started, I mean, I imagine everybody that gets into the entertainment industry originally starts not wanting to be famous, but wanting to be as good as their idols. Yeah, 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 They're like, I just want to do something Mm -hmm. as good as them. I just want to do this this thing as good as them. Yes. And then they realize, oh, I suck at this. Because everybody sucks at it at first. Yeah. There's no way you just walk into being a a stand-up comedian or anything and it's like, I'm amazing. Yeah. You you start off, you fucking suck. Yeah. You, You... you do it at open mm-hmm, mic mm-hmm, nights, mm-hmm, you do it mm-hmm, for your mm-hmm, friends, mm-hmm, you, you build this audience, you know, of little, sure, of, sure, of, sure, of sure, sure, small sure. group of people. And the difference is between uh, people who uh, start, like, basing their work on their idols and giving up in those who, like, keep going. Because yeah. everyone... Everyone basing their own work on their idols is going to suck. Mm. Everyone, just mm. like you said, they're going to hate their initial work. They're yeah. going to hate their totally. first jokes. But it's about a growing process. And, it, and it's because your first jokes are going to suck. Yeah. Like, there's just no mm. way around it. There's like, no I, way Like, the first thing that I ever shot, like, film-wise, like, mm. I'm a cinematographer, mostly. Mm. Uh, the first thing that I ever held a camera for... It fucking sucks. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. I look back at it now and I face palm myself and go, "Why? Yeah. Why did I ever? Yeah. Why did I ever try that? Why did I ever do that?" Yeah. Like, but then, then you see like the the gem in in the rough there because I because I was trying to emulate things, <laughs> but I didn't have the equipment. I didn't have all this other stuff. Sure. So you can't judge yourself based on it. Like you, you, you need time. You need experience. You need all this other stuff to like. Build yourself into this person that you're mm. trying to be. Yes. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, I'm not Richard Dawkins. You know, Richard Deacons, sorry, excuse me. I'm not Richard Deacons, but I can be someday. And Wait, well, hold on. Richard Deacons? Mm-hmm. Famous Who's cinematographer. That? Who's that? Who's that? Famous cinematographer. Who, uh, what one. do you do? He did everything. <laughs> uh, just recently, he did Spectre. So it's probably his next Academy Award. He's like a 12-time Academy Award winner. Uh, uh, Yeah. Damn. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, I mean, I'm not him Cinematographer. Yeah, he's an amazing cinematographer. Sure, sure. Um, It's not like you're going to wake up one day and be an amazing cinematographer. It takes takes hours and (laughs) hours. It takes years. 
takes years and years of hours and hours a day to be good at anything that you want to do. Yes, 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 yes. And it's all about what you find pleasurable in your life. You know, like there's that saying, if you do what you love... You'll never work a day in your life. Exactly. And that's what you really have to find, is like, what do you love? You know, and... Uh, doing what I think is good advice mm-hmm. until you actually start doing what you love and realize how much work it is. Well, that's a lot of work. <laughs> that's a lot of work, exactly. But as, I feel like if you if you love what some, you do, there's always some other element to it other than other than you just like other than what you thought and what you originally loved. There's some other element to it. Sure. Because, like, but you don't like, have to do that. You don't have to really participate in any aspect of that if you're smart. If you're smart, you can delegate that to somebody who's really good at, like, you know, administrative stuff. Not administrative stuff. Not at the beginning. Because, like, at first, you, you're trying to do everything. You're, you're First, you're learning how to do it, which, sure. which is always tough. Sure. Which, you, which is, like, the most organic part of it. Sure. And then once you become good at what you do, mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, I spent so much time doing this, mm-hmm. learning how to be good at this, mm-hmm. and now I have to make money off of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. And that's not something that's so easy just to be like, pass off to somebody else. Like, yeah. sometimes, like, if you yeah, get, yeah, like, yeah, an yeah, agent yeah. or a manager right away... Like, maybe, but it's not something that you get right away. It's Here like, are some of the most easy things to do right out of high school. Writing comedic shorts. That that can come right out of high school. Absolutely. You know, understanding, like, uh, comedic format. You know, uh, creating a show like that. Yeah. That comes right out of high school. I feel like the writing part of it, yeah, but I mean... There's so much time spent, like, learning. I don't think that's something that you just automatically be good at. Like, that's the thing. Like, right out of high school, you can start doing that. And, yeah, you can start doing it, but, like, inevitably there's that moment where you're going to be like, okay, yeah, I write all these scripts, and maybe they're good. Now, how do I start making money off them? Exactly. And that's where there's another element that comes into play. Exactly. So you spent all these years right after high school. You never went to business school. Exactly. You didn't, you didn't go to film school. Like sure. you just You just went to school. Or, I mean, you maybe uh, you went to... For ideas yeah, and like, creative processes, really. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So you know, that, that really gave... Uh, it, it really gave you an award, kind of like an, a reward for, like... Creating ideas that have never been thought before, or like feelings that have never been portrayed in this format before, yeah. but it never showed a business aspect. Exactly. So you know? trying to make money off that now, off your artistic ability, like, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. where it really becomes a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that's the shift that mm-hmm. you go through from becoming an amateur mm-hmm. to a professional. Exactly, and that's that's the really hard part. That's the thing that takes several years to because that's the thing that takes several years. So, like to to become an to go from being an amateur to being a professional writer takes probably like five six years to be like to be like really confident and really solid in your jokes. Not sure. for everybody, but I'd say that's the amount of time you need to spend average. to like become like a really yeah average to become totally. like a really totally. good 
artist in that way. And sure, then, sure, 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 sure. And, and then takes another five to ten years to be good at the business side of it. Yeah. The business side is one of the most um, mysterious sides of this business. Because let's say let's say you have a good idea. And you have an idea that every time you've brought it up, to your friends or close acquaintances. It's like, that should be a thing. <laughs> that should be, be a, a fucking movie. <laughs> Yo, fucking genius. You bring it up to your business friends and they're like, I don't know how to fucking package this. Exactly. Into the correct format. I don't know. So and there's you also really the, have that to... other group of people that, uh-huh, can, that uh-huh. like had grown up in the business end uh-huh. of, of Hollywood. So they know how to package whatever. things. They know how to do things, but they're like... Now, I, if I could just find a creative artist, you know, mm. and it takes, like, a good team yeah. to come yeah, together yeah, 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 and to yeah, really yeah. make something happen. Yeah. And, like, yeah, it's like you can have as many creative people together. You can have as many business people together. But until you guys, like, meld as one, you'll never be a, a driving force. And you need to find that right team. This is my, this is my uh, advice. To anybody coming up in Hollywood, or I, I say Hollywood, but like Hollywood is just like a term for uh, television, con- like all these like entertainment. Anybody who's coming up in entertainment, the real important thing is to find a really great team. Yeah, um, and uh, a lot of people have said this before. Uh, the dude from um, uh, uh, well, who? Who? What's Who is this? Who are you talking about? His last name is Burgess. Hannibal. 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 I know that's his first name. Hannibal Burgess. Yeah. Anyways. He so, was in Broad City. Broad City, yes. Yeah. So basically, he has this great stand-up about like how he won an Emmy the way that like a bench <laughs> athlete wins a Super Bowl title. <laughs> And he's just like he's just like yeah. My team has like all these great jokes. No, yeah. Not to, not to say that he's a bad comic because he has great comedy. But this sure. is his own joke being like yeah yeah. I won an Emmy the same sure. way that like a benched athlete wins a wins a Super, Super Bowl title. He's on the bench, but he's still technically exactly. He's like yeah, won. that's a great joke. Yeah. You guys win. Yeah, 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 hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna slip this on and get laid tonight. Yeah. And get my dick sucked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah. like I feel like that's the way. Uh-huh. Uh, like a like a lot of. Uh-huh. Like like a lot of the way uh, that things work. So Sure. I mean, that's kind of like how the way the ego works, you know? Like, I feel like that's uh, imprinted into the human psyche. Yeah. It's like, any way I can boost my own sexual endeavors <laughs> is like, <laughs> is part of who I am, you know? Yeah. If I'm going to get laid, I'm going to say... How I'm gonna get laid, you know? Exactly. You know? But yeah, I think that's I mean, a... that, in that, that transcends genders as well. I mean, you know, these female, like, of course, if a, if a woman wants to get laid, she tells her maid, like, you know, I'm this really famous actress, yo, I'm this famous comedian, and that totally boosts how they are perceived and by their of, mate. Yeah, totally. By their mate. Totally. totally. They can score totally with totally hotter dudes by, like, uh, their status and what they've done in the industry. That's true. Am I right? Am I right? Exactly. So, 
We're going to talk about Rocket Jump another time. We're going to talk about internet media another time and what they've done for comedy. So this is pretty much the end of this episode of Comedy is Nuts. And I think that uh, we'll be back next week. I'm pretty sure we're going to be back next week. Um, actually, I've just received word that we're going to be canceled. We've been canceled by ourselves. Because... In, in the past five minutes, we've been canceled by ourselves. So, just so you know. But here, hey, if you don't like cancelization, keep listening. Because we're going to keep recording despite the cancelization. We yep. are anti-cancel. So if you have any anything to say about anything that we've said in this, go ahead and uh, Twitter us at Comedies Nuts. At Comedies Nuts. Uh, my name is Nate Beals. I'm John Nickel. And we'll be back next time. Thank you for joining. Goodbye.